1: like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
2: Hi, welcome to BT Sports podcast. Life's a pitch. My name is Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Tom Hopkinson of the people and Tony Evans of the Evening Standard. So, Big Sam has had his coronation, his first press conference as England manager. We'll be looking at his plans and his principles. We'll also continue our Premier League countdown. Five more clubs to study. Everton, Hull, Leicester, Liverpool and Manchester City. But first, Sam Allardyce. He spoke of pressure, pragmatism and passion. Have we seen this movie before, Tom? The three-piece, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it was a fairly bog-standard launch, wasn't it? Uh, even by the standards of an England manager. Um, there wasn't as much tub-thumping as I thought there'd be from, from Sam. Um, uh, interesting to hear him uh, defending straight away his, uh, long, himself against the long ball accusations that people have thrown yeah. at him over the years. The which
2: tag, the tag I can't
0: shake. The, the tag I can't shake, I mean look, there's a there's a reason he can't shake that tag, um, particularly when he was at Bolton, he, he, he did play that style and, and it's a style that he's been successful with but I'm not too bothered about him getting rid of that, I quite like this. Pragmatist side to himself that he keeps referring to, and uh, that we've heard him talk about over the last three or four days since his appointment was confirmed. Because, you know, it's winning football matches. Yes, we all want to see uh, this this great attacking, free-flowing style of football, but um, I think if. Allardyce can come in and make England harder to beat, uh, a little bit more like Portugal. Then we stand a lot better chance of progressing at, uh, at the major tournaments. And um, I also like to hear him talk about the, the mental side of it. You know, he's quite uh, quite keen to stress that he, he needs to become an arch psychologist. He's always been very forward thinking, uh, Sam Allardyce, in that respect. And uh, uh, quite whether he'll be getting the faith healer in the Eileen Drury's of this <laughs> world, I don't know. But I, you know, I, I think it's something that he he will be very. Um, very forceful on with the England players. He
2: spoke about you know, you can't change the past, but you can learn from
1: it. What are the lessons that he needs to be put into
2: operation, Tony?
1: Well, I think the lessons he needs to uh, to learn is not to put square pegs around holes, not to play players out of position, not to try and cram all your big names into a team to try and get balance, which to be fair, he always does at club level. You know, he'd, he'd work on that. I mean, which. Which presents him a number of problems within the squads, but I mean, I, I I do think you know we keep stressing the pragmatic side of things. I think that's the most important thing about uh, England, about international football. I thought there was a slight disconnect there. You know, we use some of the buzzwords. You know, England's elite players. You know, not not England. You know, because I mean, let's face it. You know, and, and, um, you know, Dan Ashworth mentioned the DNA. You know, and uh, this idea. Where uh, you know he's going to be based at um, Saint George's Park, and the you know this this mad idea that people in football have that every team from like the under under fives play the same system as the you know the, the, the all the way through, and the one thing you need to do is look at the plays he's got and decide what's the best system. And he was talking like that. You sense the DNA thing is the complete antithesis of that. Yeah. It's
0: quite interesting listening to to Sam. I mean, we we all have sat in press conferences with him, and uh, I, I'd be very interested to hear what he says to the uh, the, the newspaper boys once the cameras are off. Yeah. He'll be far more relaxed without the uh, the TV cameras, without the radio mics in front of him, and I, I think mm. I think we'll get a far better appreciation mm. and sense of what the job means to him and and quite what his vision is. going But his for.
2: job has got a political dimension, oh, especially hugely, now, has yeah. not it? Because yeah. the FA basically are bought into him big time. Yeah,
0: they have. I mean, I mean, look. Everyone thinks that this is uh, a David Gill appointment driven by Sir Alex Ferguson. Dan Ashworth tried to take Sam Allardyce to West Brom uh, back in 2011 before he took Roy Hodgson there. So Ashworth is a long-term admirer of uh, of, uh, Allardyce. So I I think there will be, I think hopefully there will be a coming together of of the FA's DNA because it is important that we teach the young children coming through the, the ranks to be able to play and cope with any which system that the England manager or, or whatever level mm. you're playing at wants to play. So, uh, But I think if you can marry the two, if we can marry... I, I don't want to say it's going to explode into great things and we're going to start winning World Cups anytime soon or European Championships, but I do think there's a lot to be learned from from taking that DNA, that, that want to play football, that almost desire to play tick attacker football, but then also play with mm. a little bit more gumption like Sam Allardyce teams will do. Mm.
2: I suppose, given the media the way it is one of the things which will be highlighted certainly online today and in the papers tomorrow will be Sam's refusal to confirm Wayne Rooney as his captain until they get together in September mm-hmm. that's going to dominate the agenda again isn't it
1: well it is and you know what if I was him I'd be thinking about the future without Rooney you know he's coming to the end uh, you know the 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 way Hudson changed the team to suit Rooney in the Euros. It was mad playing him deep there. And you know, and everyone said, Oh, it because he was spraying balls around. Against really bad teams, it might work. Against good teams who can press him, you know, and put him under pressure. It's never gonna work. So I think he's got decisions, two decisions to make. One, right, is 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 he gonna play Rooney? And if he does, he needs to play him up front. Um and he's got plenty of good goal scoring strikers there, so he might, you know, want to do that. And secondly, he might look at him and say, at his age, in his condition, you know what? There's, there's better options and uh, and build a future around the youth and the pace that's there. Mm, yeah, they're starting with a, a friendly against Croatia, mm. Tom.
2: What will there be an immediate transition? Do you think? You know, so, you know, there's an obvious. You know, let's all get aboard the Andy Carroll fun bus. There'll be one. Of, there'll be a lot of that. <laughs> Jermaine
0: Defoe as well. Yeah.
2: Jermaine Defoe probably. Mark Noble will mm. be will be getting a, another tiresome shout or ten. How do you think the nature of that squad will change?
0: I don't think it will be. It will change too much. I mean, I, I think uh, Allardyce has been around the block enough to know that uh, evolution works ro- uh, far better than, than revolution, particularly uh, particularly with a squad that is hugely low on confidence. You know, I mean, there are some incredibly talented young players uh, in that team. Your Deli Ali, your Harry Keynes, uh, even your, you know your Kyle Walkers. still so much to learn mm. at international level. And I think for three games at the Euros those players actually performed all right. they did okay Mm. but I think it was that that one game against Iceland that tainted the the whole affair for for some of us and um, you know I think he really has got to get that nucleus of the young players and work with them. Now I'm not averse to him bringing back Jermaine Defoe if he thinks that a team in particular that they're up against uh, has got a defence that doesn't like being turned, doesn't like uh, you know that little little fella screaming in round the back of them or, or you know or bringing Andy Carroll into the squad as well. I mean we, we sat there when uh, when Hodgson uh, told told a group of us at a lunch that Andy Carroll uh, wasn't going to be near the squad because you know it, it, we'd got too many strikers. But then you're looking at the striking options England had got, and they were all very much the mm-hmm. same, much of a muchness, you know. And you're thinking to yourself, well, actually. You know, that's the whole idea of having a squad, having five strikers. You can maybe bring someone like Carolyn, who can, if if a, you've got some big, rough, tough Martin Skrtel-esque defenders, mm. you know, we need to pump the ball into the box. Then Carol will will be all elbows, all arms, and and fighting for it. So, I think I think we'll see far more of that from Sam. I don't think he'll. Go into every game, every every get together, thinking, well, they're the boys who did well for me last time. I have to stick with them. I think he'll be like, no, actually, you know, this is who we're up against, and this is who's in form. Let's go for that Mm. player. But the bottom
2: line, Tony, is this should be yet another simple qualification process. Oh, get to the tournament. How can Sam develop a tournament tough team?
1: Well, I think what he's got, he's got a bunch of players there with the experience of going out in, in a really ugly way, the young players. Um, and they'll you know, be scarred by that, right? Yeah, they? they will be scarred. So he's got, he's got to build the confidence. And there's a simple way to build confidence win games and win games in style. And this should be a really straightforward qualifying uh, group, you know, so they should breeze through. And But, you know, what he's got to do is he's got to get them working for each other, get them working as a unit. And if they're doing that, they'll start believing. And you know, there's, um, there's so much pace in the squad. Mm. You, know, and, you know, as they always say in American sports, speed kills. You know, if he emphasizes that and gets them applying that pace, then, you know, there'll be loads of belief.
0: Croatia's an interesting start, though, as well, isn't it? Because they, 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 could, they could easily... They were one of the sort of dark horses going into the Euros, and, and in the group stages, you're thinking, you know, these this, this have got a potential chance of winning this competition. So I, I think, you know, I don't think they're going to bounce back from the Iceland game with a game against Croatia that's all mm. of a sudden going to give everyone this you know buoyancy again and everyone believing that the future is going
1: to be bright I mean it's a big challenge ahead. Oh, it's going to take it's going to take a few games for them to get into the minds but I mean that's the one thing he's always been quite good at. But
2: has, it, has he got the emotional intelligence to do that because you know we're in a, a situation where the England team their training base be it mm. you know, the hotel near Watford or St George's Park tends to resemble Stalag Luft 15 you know mm. it's a complete siege mentality they've got to get rid of
1: that. Well, definitely, definitely. You know, you look at the experience of Wales and Chris Coleman. You know, you know, no one would claim him as a great manager. He wouldn't claim that himself. But he knew that, you know, they went to the Euros. They were relaxed. They were in a good mood. The camp was, you know, fairly open. I mean, you know, England camps have been like Wakefield Prison, haven't they? <laughs> you know, it's um, difficult to get in, even more difficult to get out. It's, um, and, and I think you need to change that mood. That siege mentality, that feeling that everyone's, uh, you know everyone's at them everyone's you know the reality what you should be trying to do is foster It's like the whole country is behind you the whole country is with you you know be open and, and go you know you look mm. at the Dutch in 2010 they were out on the street shaking mm. hands with people yeah. in, mm. in Johannesburg and I think um, you've just got to change that mindset where go- going to play for England is almost like a punishment
2: mm-hmm. it shouldn't be well let's start where we will start the Premier League you've got you know, our next five clubs we're looking at here. First is Everton. How big would the Ronald Koeman effect be?
0: It's, it's a, in, in years gone. I mean, it's a tough question because in in the last few years, you'd have said it's a great appointment, really going to galvanise them. You'd be wondering if they're they're going to be pushing top six and challenging for those Europa League spots. But unfortunately, it's been overshadowed. I say, unfortunately. Fortunately for Koeman, it's been overshadowed by um, other managerial appointments, the uh, the Guardiolas, the Mourinho's. Um, but that said i don't think for i think for everton fans that might be a good thing because i think it enables him to work a little bit more under the radar uh, than perhaps he would have been you know i mean how often do we see Premier League managers transferring from one club to another, you know, mm. so it, it, in, in normal circumstances it would have been a huge story. Uh, so it perhaps takes the pressure off him a bit. I think he's got a lot of business to do in the next few weeks. Um, I still expect to see John Stones uh, mm. sold to Manchester City um, and this Romelu Lukaku story, even though you, you read the odd thing and hear the odd thing that perhaps Cooman has talked him into staying, it won't go away, this whole Chelsea link, the fact he mm. thinks he's got unfinished business uh, at Chelsea. And... I know when teams are on pre-season tours, uh, as journalists, you pick up a little bit more than mm. and you perhaps would uh, from within the club because you're in and around them all day and uh, it seems to me that Chelsea aren't doing anything to dampen the idea that they, they mm. could go again. Um, I know they've had this a big bid turned down for Morata, so whether they go for uh, Lukaku as well uh, for, for big money remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good season for, for Ronald Koeman. I, I think he's a, a wonderful manager. Um, I wish John Stones would give them another season actually to learn off Koeman as a defender for a year because I think from an England fan perspective that, and from, uh, for, for Everton fans, that could have been huge. Mm.
2: Koeman's talking about uh, the need to sort out his goalkeeping situation mm. and there's also a lot of talk about uh, Witzel coming in uh, for about 25000000 million. Mm. Let's take that one at a time, the goalkeeping situation. Jack Butland,
1: what about Casper Schmeichel? Well, Casper Schmeichel would be a brilliant guy, wouldn't he? You know, he's um, he's uh, he's you know, grown as a keeper. He's uh, he's really confident. He dominates his area. He does what. A lot of keepers don't do these days. He communicates, he talks to his back four, and he's um, and he's excellence. I mean, he'd be he'd be a perfect buy for them. And you know what's going on at Leicester, you can't be enjoying that. So
0: I think there's a problem, though, isn't there, with Michael? I think Steve Walsh's appointment is. Uh, I think there's been mm. an agreement as part of that that mm-hmm. uh, they won't go back and raid Leicester for any of their players. So uh, that could dampen down uh, mm. any any hopes that Everton did have of, of signing Michael.
2: Okay, yeah. and what about uh, Butland? Is that, he's really impressed me, but. He probably does not get his opportunities, is not
0: he? Yeah, and I, do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd actually quite like to see Jack Butler get an opportunity with England now as well, like a proper opportunity, because I, I think he's 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 grown immensely. I think of the loan mm. spell he had at Derby uh, a few years ago, and and I think if you spoke to a lot of. Derby fans, they they just would not believe that, that this lad was now uh, you know the the potentially the next England goalkeeper, um, but but he's really grown uh, in, in the last couple of years since he's gone back to Stoke and, and working with uh, Mark Hughes and his backroom team, he's, he's been immense. So um, yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think that that would be uh, that would make very much sense if I was an Everton
1: man. Yeah, well, there's also a possibility of uh, Begovic. You know, if they do the Lukaku deal, yeah, going the other way. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. What about um, you know, looking at I'm speaking to some Dutch friends over the weekend, and there's consistent rumours that Robin van Persie wants to come back because of the situation in Turkey. Yeah, definitely. And it would make sense. And there's a lot
1: of talk about him going to Everton. Do you see that's feasible? Yeah, I mean, I think um, they're struggling to sign people at the moment, and one of the reasons is for the first time in fifteen years they've got some money, <laughs> and all the agents are, their eyes are like lighting up. You know, it's um, uh, you know, you know, Pelle. We he, he wants a fifty-five grand a week off the net, so you know the 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 deal in different markets, So although it costs a lot in wages, Van Persie you know it, 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 it's still it might well work for them and they're probably they're going to need to, to bring a few people in they're certainly you know and they need to uh, bolster themselves up front if Lukaku goes yeah. and it, it's just it, it's a, bit, a little bit difficult for them so it would make sense you'd still fancy
0: Van Persie even if he chipped in with seven or eight goals oh, know, yeah, ten yeah. goals which he's quite capable of doing um, and, and what a difference that, that would make I think I think just as interestingly at Everton will be what happens with the players who are already there you've got Gareth Barry who had mm. one of his best seasons for a long long time in oh not, not Long for for a couple of years but you know despite his age his stats were were incredible um last season and um uh, you know i think i think that'll be interesting to see what koeman does because i think that'll be a real mark of you know i'm coming Mm -hmm. in and i'm making this squad my own which goes back to the point you were making about witzel you would imagine that he is the the man that they see to bring Mm -hmm. in for the long term sure
2: what about ross barkley because he went to the euros and didn't get a kick quite literally is he? In, is it, he's got an absolutely crucial season ahead of him, has not he? Well, yeah, one.
1: Yeah, oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's come backwards, hasn't he? You know, it's, uh, the, the Martinez years weren't good for him. You know, he's um, and he's he's got all the physical attributes, but he makes bad decisions on the pitch all the time. And Martinez was never quite sure where to play him. You know, it's um and I think that that again, it'll be crucial for him to see what um Koeman's idea to play him. I suspect he'll play him behind behind the forwards and you know, driving through. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, unless he starts he starts learning you know, he, he, this is going to be a player who will never fulfil his potential. Uh, Van Persie could be
0: very interesting actually in terms of working with Barkley and his development because if all of a sudden he's working day in without with someone with the intelligent movement that Van Persie's got for mm. Barkley to, you know, be thinking, oh, I need to start playing the ball here, 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 you know, that, that could be, that could be mm. immense for Everton.
2: If we're talking about Premier League clubs with problems, Hull City's probably top of the list. No manager, 13 players, an owner who wants out. Mm. Well, they're basically relegation favourites. Pretty much nailed on already, aren't they?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they they, they don't want to sign players on permanent deals. while the ownership's a problem. Uh, so it's it, it looks like a car crash. You know, it's and and Steve Bruce just must have thought to himself, "Well, I'm out of here because it'll do him no good if uh, it goes into meltdown." It's a shame, you know. They mm. come back up. Uh, you know, it's the, the the owner has been great for the club in many ways. You know, taking them, you know, from the lower reaches, of, you know, the game all the way up to the Premier League, but to to for, for to fall apart like this at this stage, it's just you know, it it, it it's beyond comprehension.
0: I think worrying for uh, Hull fans, it reminds you a lot of the Aston Villa situation, doesn't it? You know, with Randy Lerner refusing to invest to it to any degree and. Um, Uh, infighting behind the scenes and and Mm. questionable decisions from people who perhaps haven't got as much experience in in football as they should have and I think Steve Bruce uh, easily uh, the most successful manager Hull have ever had uh, for him to walk away And, and in this day and age as well I know Bruce he won't be short of a bob or two but for a manager to walk away from a lucrative contract and not even ask for any compensation or ask for the final days of his contract to be paid up and just say, do you know what, we've been in this position too many, I've fought too many battles to keep clubs in the Premier League or to get them promoted back to the Premier League, I just don't need this anymore. I mean, that sends out a, an awful message to, to whoever, I mean, of course, there'll be people who want the job. We've seen the names bandied around Sherwood, I think McLaren's been ruled out, but he wanted it. Uh, keen as well discussed, um, you know. Uh, but So keen with that owner? Yeah, combustible is the worst of it the
1: only thing that will have grown in, in the favor because in this meltdown situation different from Villa it's at the end of the season they've got a 100 million yeah. in television money yeah. mm-hmm. so whoever's coming in will you know have the opportunity for them to bounce back you know I mean they'll, they'll, they'll pr- probably go down they look like a team that's going to go down they haven't got enough um and you know it's uh, but th- they will have the opportunity with that money and the parachute money to come back up what is telling Tom is
2: that the champions, Leicester City, look like roadkill at the moment. <laughs> They're being picked clean, bit by bit. You know, we've, you know, they've lost Steve Walsh, who's gone to Everton yeah. as, as director of football. They've lost Kante. Mares to Arsenal won't go away. What's going to happen? Well, I mean,
0: the other one that, that hasn't gone away as well, you thought it would, it uh, was Jamie Vardy to Arsenal, mm-hmm. you know, you, you assumed when he signed that new deal and pledged his future to Leicester City that uh, uh, that was all over, but if you speak yeah. to one or two people in and around the game, they're adamant that Arsenal could still come back for him uh, uh, right at the end of the window. And, and you know, I mean, Vardy could even be waiting just to see. You know, if, what if Leicester lose their first couple of games and, and the window's still open till the end of August? And you think, well, actually, you know, that that Arsenal have, they've come back with a, a now a thirty or forty million pound offer. Well, that, that was, was, it, that was the, the
1: conspiracy theory that the new deal was just to the, put the just to put the actual the, one up. Yeah, the, you know, the price up, so, yeah.
0: I mean, the, the the Kante deal, it was it was. It was disappointing, wasn't it? Because you, you really wanted to see everyone stay together and see how they got on against. It would the, the the see Champions them in the Champions League, Champions, and, and the, everyone the- would have supported them. Everyone would have got right. But I mean, even I'm a Derby fan. Even Derby and Forest fans would have been quite happy to see that <laughs> oh, team no, going. No, to, no. I think, but but you know, it it it, it would have been. It's the the whole continuation of the fairy tale. I think that's what we were hoping for. But of course, Kante going to Chelsea it just puts that little bit of oh, mm. like a postscript on the end of it, doesn't it? But if you're a footballer, you can understand exactly why he's going to do it because realistically, is he going to have more success at Chelsea for the next five years of his career uh, than he, he would have had at Leicester? But mm. the one caveat for for Leicester fans is that uh, the lad they've brought in is it Mendy? Mm. Uh, the lad they've brought in is Cover. Mm. They actually tried to sign him last summer before they got Conte, uh, Kante. They um, Uh, They failed to get Mendy, so went for Kante. He had an incredible Mm. season. So the hope is that that this lad will be even better.
2: Lest lest they have a great reputation for very good recruitment. Mm. Now that's something that you can't accuse Liverpool of having. (laughs) They're throwing the kitchen sink at it. Klopp's got his long-term contract. They're the biggest Mm. spenders so far. club you know well, Tony.
1: Mm. How do you think they're doing? Well, I mean, it's... It seems to me that they've spent a lot of money, but it's been, you know, oh, number one target. Oh, we can't get him. Number two target. No, we can't get him. Number three targets, Oh, I wish we could get him. Oh, number four. For number four target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> know, so it doesn't be that good <laughs> of. big money as well. Yeah, yeah. And target, and, yeah. and there's a little bit. You're hearing some of the things that you're in the, um, you know, in the in the transfer committee slash Brendan Rodgers age. You know what we like about him is he can play everywhere. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, you know it's one of them. I. They've, they've strengthened defensively. They've got a good goalkeeper in. Um, you know, Minule was was you know a problem for the entire time he was at the club. So they brought a goalkeeper in. They've strengthened the. Uh, as Karius from from Schalke, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've strengthened the back four. So you know, you think they'll be they'll be a bit stronger there. Desperately needs a left back. Uh, the, the midfield still looks a little bit thin to me. There's a lot of lightweight forwards attacking tight midfielders, who are not quite goal scorers, but you know, but you know, it's, it's it's hard to see the balance being right. There's like a group of Adam Lallana's there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A, a minibus full of them, and you know, it's yeah. it still looks a bit incoherent to me. What, what about
2: uh, you know, Twenty-five million pounds from mm. Newcastle being talked up hugely by by Jurgen Klopp. Says he's a complete player. He can play in a four-two-three-one, either in the as a shield or in the three behind the striker. You can also play either side on a 4 three, three. I hope
0: he can play in any system for £25 million. <laughs> I mean, I know that's that's probably chicken feed at, uh, at this stage of uh, the Premier League. But, yeah, look, he's a very good player, hugely talented. And I think when, when he arrived uh, in England, I think everyone thought, you know, what a signing he was mm. for Newcastle. People talk about the goals that he scored last year. It was 11-odd goals he, he got against, being against weaker teams and uh, got a couple in the route against Norwich, I think. And... Uh, yeah, I, I think the jury's just out on him, I, I, you know, I, I think I think he's got the potential to be a very good player, very good signing for Liverpool, but I think...
1: Not you know, to doubt about his application.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely, and you know, you think of the, Matip as well, you know, mm. 24 years old, has he really done it, uh, you know, he's played in the Bundesliga, but... Mm. It's not the same pressure, consistent pressure, that you're under as a defender as uh, as in the Premier League. So, the pace is different. Yeah, so is he robust mm. enough to deal with that? And you look at the other the other side of some of these signings, the age profile of, of some of them, you know, you're talking 30-year-old players who, who
1: haven't been at big clubs, you know, mm. and, and really, well, is that what Liverpool it, need? You know, Klopp has said, he says, oh, you know, if people knew what was going on at this club, if players knew they'd be beating a pat to our door, well, they're not. I should take why? to tell him then. Yeah, you know it's um the the fact is there is nothing that that's attractive because they won't pay top wages. Mm. That will get the sort of players that will get you back in the Champions League.
2: And they're going to ship a load of players out aren't they? You know it's already oh, started. Out, yeah. Um you know Brad Smith who's you know, good mm. young fullback mm. 6 million pounds to Bournemouth they're talking about. It looks like Joe Allen's going to Stoke for 13 million. Jordan Ibe has already gone for 15, so they're getting some
1: money in. Yeah, I mean, if if they can get Hansa Snow to there, I'm sure they will. Um, Do you think they would get rid of their captain? Yeah, the owners have never liked him. The owners have, have wanted them out from the beginning. So you know, it's a, you know, it's a, the, the, there's quite a few of them who are vulnerable at the moment. Um, Milner's, Milner's another one who could go. Well, oh yeah, right, I, again, he's on. You know, he, he's the highest-paid player at the club, mm. and mm. I mean that. <laughs> For me, you know, everyone says he's gone on free. To me, it's an issue if James Milner's the highest-paid player <laughs> at your club, no matter how he come. You know, yeah. and I like James Milner, yeah. but yeah, it, I mean, you can't see him suiting Klopp's style really. Um, the 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 jury's out, and they've got a tough start to the season. I mean, it could be, you know, if 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 you're a believer in Klopp, you know, so to, and and most people are you know every everyone seems to think it's Greece uh, They could get to the end of october and the nightmare scenario is uh the tenth place everton are doing well you know and spent more money in the transfer window and then 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 the moods will turn
2: mm. it's going to have to ch- turn probably at manchester city as well guardiola yeah. as we know ad infinitum as going in um they've gone all the way to china for a for a match for a derby it, wasn't yeah it? which yeah. which has been called off uh, today, what would success for Guardiola look like this season? That's a that's a, a tough
0: question. I mean, i i i think I think top two uh, would would be deemed successful enough. Uh, I think if you ask Pep Guardiola himself, he would uh, tell you that the, the success, you know, winning is the be all and end all. Um, but I think given the fact that this squad does need work, uh, I don't think there, there there's any. Uh, questions about that or doubts about that um, but you wouldn't ever write him off would you I mean it'd be interesting to see what Nelito's like as a player I mean mm. this is a man who didn't last too long at, uh, at Barcelona had a season there I think and then went off to Celta Vigo and again you know 29 years old is he really uh, the type of player who at 29 is all of a sudden going to start putting in performances that you know there's a reason we hadn't heard of him uh, in in the same bracket that we've heard of a lot of the other top uh, quality players in in Spain. I think Gundogan is a, an interesting signing. Um, Fit, obviously, fitness, fitness, issue. fitness issue to start mm-hmm. with, but you know he's he's here for three or four years, isn't he? So um, uh, that that will he, he would be back. I think September October time. So uh, I mean I, I think there's still at least two possibly three huge signings to come for Manchester City yeah. they've, they, they've they're in for Tony Cruz um, from Real Madrid they're, they really like him uh, inquiries have been made uh, I think if they got him that would be an incredible signing mm-hmm. um, and, and I still think I think they'll do business for a afford as well so mm. i think it's quite difficult to measure what will be success for for city at the moment um i mean a good run in the champions league again i think that's what they're really looking for yeah, from guardiola definitely. but again I, I, he's he's been very much he, he's asked for time hasn't he every time he's spoken for his first few press conferences he has made it clear i need a bit of time and i, I think again let's give him a season i know it's tough at that mm. level but but all
2: managers do, do that all new managers do oh, that yeah, don't
1: they oh yeah but the thing is manchester city you know because you, you you think the money they've spent in the past which not not so much recently but you know you think of them as being big spenders and all that and you think oh you know look at the squad they've got you know they it's a squad that really needs to be overhauled seriously mm. and it's been a bit underwhelming this summer so far um you know the the there's, you know he probably needs a centre earth, another centre earth. he needs a a, a full back you know maybe two we mm. need Probably a goalkeeper. The way Joe Hart he doesn't fancy him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the centre of field, that's that's the crucial area where Yaya Toure was an absolute disgrace last year. Yeah, you know, it, um, up front they've got multitudes of riches, but you just worry when you get past the front four. What
2: about Leroy sign? Good young player, very yeah. very good. young Yeah,
0: player. exciting prospect actually. Yeah, um, it was good to see him at, at the Euros um, when he came on. He, he he always looked like he brought something a little bit different. And and, and again, you know, to go back mm. to to what Tony was saying about the, the, the American saying speed kills, and and you know, has got that in in abundance. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I think he will he will be a, if if they can you know get him firing and get it all done. That would be a great uh, a great signing.
2: Mm. And as a final yeah, look at the this section of our countdown, it is becoming very clear that this season will be defined by managers Mm. and a lot of lost opportunity, because there are six or seven clubs who are going to go into this season thinking we can be champions. Mm. Someone's going to miss out who
1: well, um, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough for Liverpool. I think it's going to be Chelsea. The jury's out on Chelsea. Anything could happen there. Um, I, I think City will be in the top four. I can see United getting in the top four. But I think realistically at this stage, there's only two clubs, I think, can win the title and, uh, and it's, they're both in North London. Um, that may all change over the next few weeks. But it's uh, I still everything's been fairly quiet at Tottenham. But I like the way they've gone about the business. And if um, and if Arsenal, uh, you know, sort of raids Leicester, you know, Leicester will retain the title in, at the Emirates. <laughs>
2: Final question then: What about City? Will they regain the title this season?
1: Oh come on!
0: What what a difficult question. Uh, no, I don't think they will.
2: I,
1: I I think second or third for City this mm. year. I think they're they're definitely at least a year away.
2: I'd agree with that. The others are ahead of the curve. City champions in 2018 rather than 2017. Thanks for joining us here on Lysa Pitch.